welcome to this edition of Advice Worth Keeping, KPMG's podcast series where we interview firm executives and thought leaders, as well as third-party industry luminaries and experts on important trends, topics, and leading practices. My name is Stan Lapique, and I lead global research for KPMG's Management Consulting Services Group. And I'm pleased to have joining me today Julie Sullivan. Julie is a member of the Canadian firm, where she's a partner part of the management consulting group, and Julie also heads up the shared services and outsourcing advisory practice up in Canada. So, Julie, thanks for joining us here today on Advice Worth Keeping. Thank you for inviting me. Well, Julie and I were just together online a few weeks ago. Some of you may have heard that. At the end of April, KPMG released the first quarter 2019 edition of its Global Insights Pulse Survey. I'm sure some of you are familiar with the Pulse, but it's a quarterly survey we do globally in nature where we look at, you know, what are some of the hot trends in the market? What are some of the things organizations need to do to take advantage of those hot trends? So the first quarter we did look at intelligent automation and how to achieve transformational value out of it. So as part of that, we looked at, you know, the hype versus reality of IA in the market today. What are some of the top challenges to having success with it? How do you overcome those challenges? We're going to touch on that just a little bit in this podcast. But we also looked at who owns, manages, and governs intelligent automation efforts. And what does it really mean? And I'd like to hear from Julie who she thinks should be doing it or is doing that and how this might relate back to governance in the context of things the SSOA group looks at, such as shared services and outsourcing and global business services. Maybe to start out with Julie, just a quick few minutes on some of the top challenges, because I found that the number one challenge was always very interesting, and that was an inability to build a compelling or realistic business case for intelligent automation investment. And I could see maybe you're talking about some futuristic artificial intelligence, but I think a lot of organizations today are focusing on the lower rungs of the ladder of IA in terms of things like robotics process automation. It would seem to me it should be pretty easy to build a business case out of deploying technology which is going to make workers more efficient and effective, but also potentially allow an organization to get rid of some of those workers or put them in other parts of the organization where they can add more value. So do you see organizations really struggling with a business case, or is it something else? Is it just an excuse to say whether or not it's far along as they'd like to be? I actually see them struggling with the business case, and it's, I was just as you were speaking, thinking, well, it's because we're humans. It's part of our challenge. And I say that facetiously. What I've seen happening in the deployment of RPA, typically it starts out in little pilots. People maybe don't want to spend the full amount or have a big investment to begin with, so they start with these little pilots. And the challenge is the pilots stand, and there might be a quick one here and there, but to have drive that true business case, you have to look at the underlying foundation, and the foundation means how fragmented are your processes. What's the underlying technology that you're using and how old is it? Is it fragmented as well? The more you have inconsistencies around it, you have the same challenges to create value. So those problems that existed before putting in some bots or doing a pilot will exist afterwards unless it's part of your strategy and plan to deal with it. It's not a miracle worker. You have to think about it from a, a system point of view. Okay, well, that does make sense. And I would also agree that 
that is going to get even more complex as you get into the more complex types of intelligent automation, such as machine learning and artificial intelligence. So it might perhaps be a good learning experience to start out addressing some of the points you just outlined with RPA before you jump into the more complex expensive and non-investment, more advanced types of intelligent automation. The initial benefit, if you're targeting a specific area or section, but you can't get that full-scale business case unless you deal with your environment, whatever that is. Well, then maybe to segue into the governance and management, and maybe this is a little bit of the challenge with the business case, we ask who does own and then govern these efforts. And we have a whole range of answers. It's a CIO, it's individual business units, it's a CFO, it's an intelligent automation center of excellence. So there seems to be very little consensus on who is either owning from the standpoint of driving, building the business case, but then also governing these efforts once they're deployed. Do you see a common person or group owning and governing these efforts, or does it really depend, or is it that organizations just aren't sure, or is it everybody wants to get out in the game so you have many owners and many governors? You know, it's all the above. What I've seen happening is organizations typically may start RPA or AI in some innovation lab or some innovation group, and they're incubating it. They're protecting it. They're trying things out. They're on the learning curve, which is important because, for example, if you've had outsourced your services prior and you're bringing some of your capabilities back in-house, you do have a learning curve, not only on the robotics, but on the processes or the work that was being done by third parties. However, if you want to have drive scale and drive deployment, in a broader point of view, it has to be a partnership, and it has to be a partnership between technology and innovation group, if you have it, in the business. And we're not necessarily great at that, because all three are really important for driving success. You need to have the business there to understand what they need, what they want. If people are doing work and it's being replaced by bots, There's a lot of work and analysis that needs to be done there, and they're going to have to manage it down the road. And it goes back to the analogy when we first outsourced, who who manages the outsourcer? Is it a vendor group somewhere or is it the business? Well, it's who's going to have the operational knowledge to deal with issues and challenges and those types of things. It can sit pretty much wherever you want it to sit, but those underlying connecting points and structures and understanding of who does what and who's responsible for what is absolutely critical from a governance point of view. Many organizations have GBS groups, Global Business Services groups, which would be a logical home for them. But if those business groups or GBS groups aren't really tied to the process, if they don't have that technology background, If they're not truly partnering with the innovation group or the technology group, they can be left out. It's a triad, at a minimum, to really drive this forward. So then we may be seeing a shift in terms of who are going to be the champions within an organization to do the ownership and governance of these types of efforts, whereas in the past maybe it was the GBS group for shared services and outsourcing. Maybe there'll be a new group, as some people cite it, in an intelligent automation center of excellence. Maybe that could be the home for it. It can be, but I would still think it has to be partnership with everyone. You could have a COE for intelligent automation, 
which disseminates the methodologies, the learning, helps gear up either the GBS organization or if they don't have a GBS organization, the businesses and works with technology, perhaps does some vendor management of the third parties. But they can't be a standalone. It has to be integrated into how work is done and how decisions are made. If you have a passion for this, if you have leadership and you, you understand all the components to drive it, then that's where it should sit. I would like the GBS groups that exist. I've run into a few recently where I just felt they didn't have some of the underlying knowledge to do some of it. Okay. They were too far removed. Again, everyone has to reinvigor and reinvent ourselves all the time as things evolve. And so do any organization. You don't want it to become stale. I've also seen COEs for innovation or AI have a really short lifeline because they didn't drive things forward. They were too removed from the day-to-day operations. So it's more the change management, the governance that drives success than anything else versus where should it sit. So a good question. So on that point, did you mention change management? In this partnership model, what are some of the key components of ownership and governance, such as change management? We asked in the Pulse survey, and we've done some other research, what people think are the most important elements. And we have everything across the board. Some think it's bot maintenance and bot library development. Others say it's addressing talent issues. Where do you find your new talent? How do you retain your existing talent? Others are saying, you know, how do you define career paths for your talent today? Others say it's really looking at, over time, what's optimal mix of internal and external resources. And I'm sure this is probably one of those all the above. If mm-hmm. they're to look at as they're putting together their methodology, or if maybe if they're just starting to launch a team or a set of partners to do IA governance and management, what should be some of the priorities? Obviously, there's a long list of things they'll need to get to, but perhaps some are more important, and perhaps some will go to a partnership group and others might go out if they're viewed as less important or maybe just less pervasive in the organization, maybe they're left to a business unit to look at. So maybe it's a business unit doing bot maintenance if it's all their bots. What would you say are maybe the three or four key things to prioritize when an organization is saying, this is what my governance and management group does? I think the first thing for me is who owns the process? Because any change in that process has an impact to a bot. Every deviation, every nuance. When you have individuals doing it, they can adjust slightly and know the change. A bot has to be told the change. And that becomes important. So underlying, what are the parties who manage that process? So process management, process ownership to the nth degree, understanding every nuance and change, an upgrade in a, an instance any change the technology group is doing. Either that governance for the health of robotics has to be robust. Then you have the people side of it. I was with a group a couple days ago when we were talking about skills, and we've talked about this before. You have to really take a hard look at your people and say, you know, what's the path? What's going on here? Are they going to be trained to do X and Y? Do they have interest in it? Do they have an affinity for it? But that whole people management side becomes critical. If anything, in the initial stages of something like this, if you want wide deployment, if you have a vision for what you want in terms of 
automation, there has to be a program around it from which everyone is aligned and understands their role. Once it goes from program, then you go into steady state governance. And that goes to more to my earlier point. You may have a COE that morphs into more of a knowledge center and training and learning versus implementation if your plan is for the business to carry that out or a business unit or some other group. But that all has to be strategized. That all has to be articulated and planned and thoughtfully considered. Pilots will remain pilots and have stranded returned, if you will, or, or value unless there's a program around this and a vision for what the organization wants to accomplish. No, I agree, Julia. I think that's a good point to wrap up on, that the organization does need that strategy because I think we do see a lot of firms. They have a lot of pilots. They're, they think they're making a lot of progress, but without that strategy and vision, they're likely not, but they, they're not probably even going to know if they're not. And I think the other key point you made was around process management and ownership on an end-to-end basis. Because I think we're seeing some firms saying, build the bot, you deploy it, you're done. But as, as you mm-hmm. know, you're not, and the, you know, the business is always changing, business processes are changing. And like you said, a person could adapt, but a bot can't. So there's going to be a lot to that ongoing care and feeding and knowing when there's a trigger that's occurred that means you have to go do a bot. So I think that, that's key points. So that's maybe a little more tactical, but it needs to be as part of that strategic vision that you were speaking to. Well, Julie, this has been great. Thank you very much for your time. And for our listeners, if you'd like to get the next level of detail, just Google the KPMG 1Q19 Global Insights Pulse and you can look at some more of the details we have, but also listen to the replay where we get to hear an hour of myself and Julie and our colleague, Melissa Edwards, discuss these points. Uh, Julie, thank you very much for your time today. My pleasure. And you can find the links to the items you referenced in the show today below the podcast. If you're online, of course, the URL for that is kpmg.com slash us slash podcast. That's a wrap. Thanks for your participation.